We're back. Well, I'm back. Baseball's back. We got some games to go over. We're going to catch up on uh, the time missed. Talk about the spring training games up to this point. News, notes, standout performers, etc. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers, a new edition of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Now, let's address the elephant in the room. All right, this is uh, this is the first new episode y'all have gotten in almost a week. Today is Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. All right, and I, I apologize for that. Uh, the reason being, I have not had power since last Wednesday at my place. So I, I've, been, I've been around in the last four or five days, uh, sleeping on friend and family's couches. Like, I, I don't have any of my equipment, any of my stuff, but I didn't have internet for a lot of it. Like, I I, I was <laughs> going between a rock and a hard place. So uh, we're back now, though. We're better than ever, hopefully. I haven't even had time to shave yet, so nobody clowned on me too hard. I know this doesn't look good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get rid of it a- ASAP, all right, ASAP immediately. But I'm just happy to be back, and we're just going to take the entire show, and we're going to talk about spring training up to this point. So no player preview in this one. We got three spring training games. One was televised. We got plenty to go over, plenty of of observations, I guess is the best way to put it, already. And I just, uh, I'm so happy to be back. I'm, I'm so my uh, just having heat. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a beautiful thing. So uh, I am very pumped to be back. I hope that as a listener, you you are excited that I'm back, as excited as I am, because it's it really has been a heck of a four or five days for yours truly. So uh, I appreciate all you bearing with me. I know yesterday's the discussion was kind of still relevant, which is why I felt okay posting it, even though. It was obviously meant to be Thursday's episode, but um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I apologize. I, I did the best I could, and, and we're back now. So thank you for hanging in there. Thanks for bearing with me. And uh, without further ado, let's let's get into some ball, all right? So the Tigers have played three spring training games. Spring training has started since the last time we spoke. Like, that's, that's, how, that's how long it's been, and... I am so unbelievably excited. I think the big we're going to break it up into just offense and pitching. Okay? And we'll we'll include defense into offense to be honest with you. So we'll do position players and and pitchers. We'll do it that way. We'll word it that way instead. So I uh, I think the biggest thing to take away 3 games in as far as position players goes is just home runs, baby. Okay, now we're not going to do the like super 
over-exaggerate, you know, three games of spring training. How how much does that really mean? You know, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna play that game. Okay, I'm not gonna come on here and say that that the Tigers are gonna be some just home run power juggernaut. Okay, but it is really nice to see, and I think the reason why and it's really frustrating that only one game was televised. Do you know that some fan bases have every single spring training game televised? And then when you tell them, this is a real conversation I had over the last four days since the last time we spoke. Um, This is a a real conversation I had with a, a fan of a different team. I told them that I did not have the ability to watch the Tigers spring training game. And they were confused because they just assumed that every single spring training game was televised like every regular season game for all 30 teams. And they were genuinely blown away of, of me informing them that that is not the case. So that's still really, we're, we're, it's 2023. Like really we can't and like other teams do it, but not this team. We just can't televise every spring training game. Super frustrating to me, uh, especially as someone, again, whose job it is to cover this baseball team. It's infuriating that I, I, I can't do that for a majority of games before opening day. That's whatever. Well, let's move on. We're, we're going to be positive. Okay, we're back. We're just back and we're going to be positive about being back. All right. And so, so that's very frustrating. But in the game that we did get to see, which was Monday's Monday night's game against the New York Yankees. Uh, it, it, the home runs that were hit in that one, and we've seen some footage better than others, but we have seen some sort of video of other home runs as well. And it appears that they're driving the ball on mistake pitches. And again, we are three games into spring training. I am not trying to tell you, and sell you that this offense is, is I'm not I'm not trying to blow this out of proportion, okay? However, last season we talked about at length how you could just throw fastballs right down the middle to this baseball team and not a single person would do a lick of damage with those pitches, okay? So I'm at least glad if I was going to overreact about anything It's not even the fact that there's necessarily a home run surge just because there's a home run surge. It's the fact that a lot of the pitches are just mistake pitches and we are actually taking advantage of them. That Eric Haas home run on Monday against the Yankees was a cutter right down the middle of the plate. Nine dudes on last year's team ground that ball out to second base or just swing through it. So I'm at least glad that it, that it appears that some of the mistake pitches are being hit so far early on. Um, some of the individual players, that's kind of the, the big team thing, has just been the power surge. Some of the individual players so far, as we talked about on yesterday's show, the battle, I don't even know if I want to call it a battle per se, because I don't think it's, it's 100% directly correlated. I, as I said yesterday, I do think there is a, a slight chance for both of them to make the roster. But with Badu versus Carpenter, we saw exactly what we talked about yesterday, which is awesome for me. But like when, when watching the game, Kerry Carpenter hits a home run and Akil Badu steals two bases. That's that's the name of both of their games. And 
they're going to have the rest of the spring to kind of to kind of duke it out and, and have a healthy competition out there in the outfield. OK, so that's something that was very apparent in the Monday night game and will continue to be apparent as the spring as spring training goes on. And what else? Oh, Jermaine Palacios has looked really solid so far, uh, ha- has some pretty good numbers as well. Again, I guess I shouldn't say looked really solid because we haven't I haven't gotten the pleasure of seeing all of his at bats. However, uh, his, his stats so far are pretty good. and I think AJ kind of likes him. So we'll see. I'm not saying he's going to make the team out of camp or anything, but we are already seeing how much deeper this team is than last year's team. Even if last year's team had more expectation at this time and, and whatnot, the, the, all of the waiver claims and the minor league signings that everybody was super upset about and, oh, why didn't we give top-end talent? You're right. We did. We've had this conversation a million times. We didn't get top-end talent. You're absolutely right. That doesn't mean that the team didn't get deeper. I think it objectively did, and I think we're going to see that a lot throughout the spring. Uh, catchers. Both of them. Well, I shouldn't say both of them. There's a lot more than two there. Jake Rogers and Eric Haas both have homers already. Both, uh, well, I haven't seen Jake Rogers play, I guess, but Eric Haas I thought looked really good in his limited time on Monday. Definitely at the plate, but I thought that he looked really solid behind the dish, which I think is going to be important. Um, Let's see. Spencer Torkelson has a couple of flyouts to the warning track already. I know that that was something we talked about a lot last season. Nobody really wants to hear that. I get it. But we're three games in, and it's spring ball. Let's maybe just see how it plays out. But for whatever it's worth, one of them was like a 410-foot flyout as well. So uh, I I think that that's probably some pretty decent contact being made there. Only, oh, actually, there's a few more. There's a few more that I want to talk about. Enough where we're going to go to break now, and then when we come back, we'll finish up the offense. All right? But first, I got to tell y'all about our friends over at Built Bar if you're looking for a delicious treat. But you don't want all the fat and calories. You have to try Built Bar. Look, we're into March at this point. Holiday season is far behind us, but a lot of people are still looking at their New Year's resolutions and trying to fulfill them throughout the remainder of the year. And Built Bar is something that you can rely on to help you do that. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. They really are just the best. I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And that's what's even better. They're healthy and taste good. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. They are the best. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. You can still order on built.com if you want to order online and have them shipped to you. But no longer the, the conversation we've been having for years about waiting for them to get delivered to you. If you want them right now, you can go to your local Walmart, pick up a four bar box, go to your local Sam's club, pick up a 13 bar box. However you shop, just make sure to get your hands on some built bars. Okay. That, that's the message. So get your hands up to Built Bar, Sam's Club, Walmart, Built.com today. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Okay. Man, it's so good to be back. It is so good to be back. And let's finish talking up. Talking up, let's finish talking about the offense here. So 
Talked about Torkelson, talked about the catchers, where we leave off. Okay, so Jonathan and Brendan Davis, I think, are kind of some fascinating players to look at. Uh, Jonathan Davis and Brendan Davis, both outfielders for this team. And I, I think especially Brendan Davis played in the Yankees game, so got to see him. Uh, they have pretty patient approaches at the plate. Again, Brennan Davis specifically had a pretty patient approach. Um, and I think, I, I, again, I, I don't think either of them are making the roster out of camp. But in spring, there's a well, majority of these guys are not going to make the roster out of camp. There's a lot more to spring training than just who is going to be on the opening day roster. There's a lot more, a lot more when it comes to the structure of your organization, where all this depth is going to be placed. It's so much more complicated than just the service level. Who's going to be, what's going to be the opening day lineup. And so I think that Jonathan and Brendan Davis are two guys who uh, could benefit greatly from a solid spring, even if that doesn't mean an opening day roster spot. Okay. And I don't expect them no matter how good they do really to have opening day roster spots. I think that would be, I don't want to say impossible, but it would be a really, really, tall mountain to climb but I do think that they could play for maybe some some a more prominent role in the minors early on if they stay with the organization after opening day and uh, really just like if there's an injury early on in the season there's an injury in the outfield in April could could determine who they go to first so uh, so kind of a under the radar depth battle more so than like an opening day roster spot battle uh, another thing that was noteworthy on Monday, Jonathan Scope plays third base. Uh, I don't expect this, honestly, in the regular season. Not that I don't expect a lot of, of – I do fully expect a revolving door at third. I think everybody does and should. But Jonathan Scope specifically, I don't really see playing third base too terribly much. Uh, kind of had a bad throw today as well over there uh, yesterday as you're listening to this. But – I think that that's, again, just a storyline. We kind of talked about it earlier already. The never-ending storyline of versatility. So many players are going to play so many different positions in spring training. And, I, like, I cannot stress enough to you, to be honest, like how big versatility is going to be with some of these players and how important their, their perception of, of the player's value on the field is going to come from how versatile of players they are. That, that's clearly a huge thing within the organization as it stands right now. And I think that Jonathan Scobit third was like the big talk. Everybody was like, oh, what's happening? I, I, while I don't expect that specifically to, to be kind of maintained long term, I do fully expect a ton of versatility and I, I welcome it. I, I think that that's an organization that currently stands where the Tigers stand and a talent level that stands where the Tigers stand, versatility in my eyes can really only be a good thing. Okay. So just a, a sign of things to come, I guess I would say. And lastly, uh, for position players, actually, well, Colt Keith getting playing time was awesome. That's a really quick one. Now the last thing, I thought Austin Meadows' swing on Monday looked beautiful. Like I, I was, he was lifting the ball a little bit, made some solid contact. The weird thing about Austin Meadows last year was even before like the injury. And then when he uh, said that he wasn't going to play the remainder of the year, even when he was playing, there was zero pop, like zero power. All of his slugging percentage was brutal, right? Like all of his hits 
were singles. And so even if, I I mean, Monday, one of them was still a single, but it was a a nice line drive, a beautiful swing, got some elevation on the ball. I, I was, I was very impressed with just how his swing looked. And again, it's the third game of the spring, and it's the first time we've been able to actually lay our eyes on a lot of these dudes this year. So we will see what happens. Uh, we are far from final conclusions, okay, with any of these. <laughs> so let's make that very clear. But I, I did think that his, his swing looked a lot stronger, like it packed more of a punch, I guess. And and this is a dude that that has legitimate like high 20s, even 30 home run potential and has been an all-star before. So excited to see Austin Meadows the remainder of the spring and just healthy and on the field this year. I think that uh, a lot of people have kind of forgotten, forgotten about how good of a hitter he can really be when he's on. So that's it for the position players. Let's get into the pitchers. Okay. There's a lot to go over with the pitching. I, I think that Spring training matters so much to pitchers. I think across the board, it it, it means, I don't want to say anything means more to some players than others, but I kind of am. I think that spring training means it it can be more impactful for pitchers than it can be for a lot of position players. Not that we don't have some close battles on the, on the position player side of things, but Pitching, it, it can really make or break the, the early part of your season based on how you look in spring training. So the big overarching theme throughout the entire spring so far to me has just been velocity. I think that the new coaches, plus the already great Chris Fetter, who we talk about all the time being one of the best in the business, everyone's velo, I think, looks extremely solid. Not that everyone is already matching Velo from last year necessarily, but a lot of people are already. And some have already like are passing their Velo from last year. We'll talk about Garrett Hill and and some other players in a second. But like, look, I love the Lund hire. We already know what Chris Fetter can do. I think this coaching staff is great. I'm so pumped about offensive side of the ball too. I'm so pumped about the coaching staff this year. And I think that the, the, Velocity so far in the spring is a great sign. And we also have to remember, this is the first like legitimate offseason that this coaching staff has had with this team, right? Like not to go under the radar. Last year, there was a lockout where there wasn't like communication between players and coaching staff. It wasn't allowed. And there was no offseason programs, et cetera. And that's not to say the dudes didn't work out, obviously, and go to their own coaches and whatnot. But Team to player coaching was was not happening, right? And then the year before that was COVID. So, like, legitimately, this is the first for a lot of of these players and coaches. This is the first real off season with like an actual pro throwing program or or offensive plan or whatnot for for a lot of these dudes. And so that's awesome that we're already off rip seeing some really good velo numbers. Okay, that that makes me super excited for for all of those reasons. It can only be a good thing, right? Obviously, you want to stay healthy. You don't want to overdo it. But in my eyes, it it can really, it can only be a good thing so far. So let's get into some of the individual performances on the pitching side of things from uh, players that have stood out to me so far. We'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked on Tigers. I am so happy to be back. 
so, so happy to be back. Um, yeah, what a week. Again, I, I cannot say I'm sorry and thank you enough for kind of putting up with the situation of the show over the last week. Uh, to anyone else who had problems with uh, the, the power in their homes or uh, wherever they live, I, I hope that y'all made it through the weekend and whatnot safely as well. So we're talking about some pitchers that have stood out to us so far and to me so far in the spring. The I kind of want to go somewhat in chronological order just because we haven't really had any repeat pitchers yet. So uh, let, let's just kind of go somewhat chronologically. Garrett Hill, first pitcher to throw from the mound in a baseball game for the Detroit Tigers in 2023. Uh, the Velo, not a surprise, was very impressive. Mid-90s fastball, 95-mile-an-hour fastball. And the biggest thing, again, we didn't get to watch him. This is all data that was sent back. So, I wish I, I could have watched him. I hope we get to watch him somewhat soon. But uh, the, the biggest thing that stood out to me was he hit 97 miles an hour on a sinker at one point. That's a beauty. If that's if that's real and that's legit, I'm going to be amped. And then there was some talks about uh, a lot of people were, were throwing really high below numbers in that Phillies game. And so there were some jokes about it just being like a hot radar gun or whatnot. But if Garrett Hill goes on a televised game and starts pumping 97 mile an hour sinkers. I'm going to, I'm going to be really, really excited. And we're going to talk about it a lot more than just kind of a passing comment right now. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward for sure. Uh, Mason Engler rule five pick had a really effective debut outing. Uh, mostly went cutter change up, which is something we, we pretty much expected, but uh, I really, I can't wait to see him. It sounded like he was so effective, right? It sounded like Dan Dickerson made it sound like he had a great, a great outing. It looked really effective. So I can't wait to actually see it with my eyes. I'm sorry if I sound really petty or passive aggressive, but uh, I kind of am on this topic. I think it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, Erod, almost all fastballs in his first outing, uh, but pretty close to the velocity that we're used to from him. But a really effective outing, uh, really, really efficient, I guess is probably the better word than effective, really efficient outing, did his pitch to contact thing, was really efficient, really effective. Okay, I'm just saying both of them at this point. He was both, all right, uh, but mostly fastballs. I think in his next outing, I would like to see a little more secondary stuff, but that might just be part of the program and the game plan. It's not a slight, might just be, okay, you know, first start, you're going to throw a lot of heat because we'll get into it, a lot of people. Honestly, a lot of starters specifically in their first start throw through mostly heat. So might just be part of the progression. We'll see how spring training goes there. Uh, Streve, I thought, uh, again, didn't get to see him, but slider machine. We all heard about that. Well, we broke it down when he signed here on the show. Uh, so it was a lot of sliders. Velocity was pretty close to what we're used to, but that'll be a big thing for him. How fast his slider is, the velocity on it. And obviously the command and whatnot is going to be vital for him too, but uh, that that's going to be really, really important to him. So we need that velocity. It was a little lower than what we were used to last year from him, but again, it's first outing of spring. That's no reason to press the panic button. Uh, Jace Fry gave up a ton of runs, kind of had a rough outing, uh, was definitely not in, I don't think he was in the deep talks of, not the deep talks, what am I even trying to say? Not 
part of the if you were to make a group of most likely to make a bullpen job i don't think you would have been quite in that conversation but important to bring up the fact that he really struggled in his first debut now on to some positives brennan white friend of the program you can go check out that interview he's a huge analytics guy i loved talking to him we talked for like an hour after we were done recording just about baseball he's an awesome dude uh and i'm very much rooting for him to get a job, but it's also out of camp. And, and that's really also because I think he might end up just deserving it. I, I am a, was a huge fan of him in Erie last year. And in his first outing, he ends the game with two strikeouts, finishes off a game in which a lot of relievers really struggled Had Velo around 95 miles an hour. I cannot wait to see him actually pitch. I, I can't, this is again, one that we didn't get to actually see, I cannot wait for a televised game to pick up Brennan White. I cannot wait. Uh, I hope that we do. I would be devastated if uh, that decision was made before opening day. That decision that he wasn't going to make the opening day roster was made before opening day, and we ended up not seeing him in a televised game. That was a very ring-around-the-rosy way of explaining that. I apologize. Bo Brisky. Let's get into the uh, the televised pitchers, okay? Bo Brisky. We actually can have some breakdowns here. We're not just looking at numbers on pages. Goodness. Struggle with fastball command pretty apparently, uh, especially in the end of the first inning. Got it back a little bit there at one point in the second. But uh, really, that was the biggest thing for me was just – and it wasn't dramatically missing either – he was around the strike zone a lot. Again, especially in the end of the first inning, was was around the zone a lot, uh, but was just missing spots and found himself behind in a lot of counts. Had more walks than strikeouts on the on the night. Uh, only pitched two innings, but two walks in one K. Now the velocity was really good, as we've said about a lot of pitchers. Mid nineties fastball. Uh, only really threw the fastball, which again we've talked about with a lot of other players as well already. Uh, because it's three days in a row of the starters almost exclusively throwing heat, I'm starting to think it's part of the, just the spring training progression. So we'll see in their next appearances coming up how uh, they, they adjust and, and what their repertoires look like in those games. But uh, that was definitely a big thing I noticed. He also, in the few secondary pitches he did throw, he threw, and this was brought up by a few different people, uh, he threw more curveballs than sliders, which he didn't throw the curveball very much last year. And he threw the slider, as we talked about in his player preview last week, two weeks ago, uh, a, a decent amount. So that was something that was kind of interesting. Again, I think it was two versus one or three versus two. Like he, he didn't throw either of them very much. Uh, but for whatever it's worth, threw, threw the curveball a little bit more than we were used to seeing percentage-wise last year from start to start. So another thing to keep an eye on out for, for sure, going forward. And, yeah, great velo all around, even on the secondary stuff. Uh, the few times he did throw them, the velocity was really solid there. We already talked about his stat line, more walks than Ks. Yeah, you know, not not a bad first start. I, really, the, the velocity in game one is an important thing to just take note of. And then after that, it's just how effective – the breaking stuff is how much stuff breaks and et cetera. And there wasn't too much secondary stuff to really look at. So uh, the curveball I thought looked good a few times he did throw it, but uh, I would like to see the slider in the spring as well. So we can kind of determine why he's going more curveball than slider. Does that make sense? 
Um, but yeah, I, I was pleased with their performance. There, there's a lot to build on from there, which is all I'm looking for early in spring. Alex Lang pitched against the Yankees on Monday night as well. Over half of his pitches were the curveball. I absolutely love it. If he hit like 70% curveball usage, I wouldn't even care. I, I think that there's a legitimate argument. It's one of the best pitches in the entire game of baseball, the Alex Lang curveball, truly. And honestly, I, I think the Alex Lang changeup isn't too far behind that conversation either. So I'm totally cool with Alex Lang just like only throwing curveballs and changeups. Now, he did throw a couple of sinkers, I think three, just to keep hitters honest. Uh, but that sinker moves like a foot and a half. That's an exaggeration, but not by too much, believe it or not. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm just a huge fan of Alex Lang. I think he's going to do great things. I thought that this was a very solid. Uh, didn't get any strikeouts, but didn't walk anybody. The biggest thing for him is just going to be command. We know he has some of the nastiest stuff in the entire game of baseball. Can he locate it? That's the biggest thing in the spring. And I thought that it was good enough in this game. Uh, Trey Winginter, I always struggle with his last name. Command all over the place. Just all over the place. But the stuff will play. Let me tell you, the stuff will play. I actually thought he threw some pretty nasty stuff. I think he has some some pretty legitimate swing and miss potential. And yeah, I'm I'm I want to see more. I want to see more of Trey. Okay. Edwin Yusita. I again I actually think that he has some solid swing and miss stuff as well, despite the final line, but a very rough day command-wise for him, which is why he ended up giving up. Uh, quite a bit of damage there. And that's all I got. Those are the noteworthy pitchers. So there you go. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. For your second listen, check on the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every single day. All right. Uh, It is well past midnight. I know some of you are probably like, oh, my goodness, did he lose power again? There's no episode at midnight. Uh, To those who who stay up and and wait for episodes at midnight, I greatly appreciate you. I'm going to upload this as soon as possible. I think that's all I got. For the millionth time, thank you so much for for bearing with me throughout – uh, the last four or five days. It's, it's been a journey and an adventure, uh, but we're back now ready for baseball to be played. And I'm super, super, super excited. All right. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. And I will catch y'all tomorrow for real tomorrow. All right. Go Tigers, baby.